Welcome to Connected Philanthropy. In today's episode, we talk about staying connected with scholarship donors through thank you notes from recipients, donor impact stories, and setting donor expectations. The first voice we hear is Lauren Rennie, who's joined by Mike D. Hisler. Let's join the discussion. Hi, everybody. I'm Lauren Rennie. Um, I'm a client success manager here at Foundant. Some of you know me um, from your implementations and all of that. Thank you for being here today. We know there's two sides to the impact that can happen with scholarships. Obviously, the main one is with students, but it can also be incredibly impactful and wonderful for donors to see what their dollars have done and how they've helped these students. So today, we want to talk about what you're doing to foster those relationships with those wonderful donors and how we help them to understand understand the impact that it has on the students. With that, um, I'm going to hand it over to Mike to introduce himself and get us started on our great topics today. Thank you very much, Lauren. Um, I'm Mike DeHilster. I am a client success manager on the community grants and scholarships team. And so I'm just curious. So how are you setting expectations with your donors? Um, And, you know, somebody offer us up something to talk about. We've got fund agreements you know, evaluation involvement. Are you giving your, uh, your donors that are coming in with new, with new agreements and new, new money, a menu of options for your scholarship applications, or are you letting them kind of craft their own? Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Trisha Taylor. I'm from the Abbotsford Community Foundation here in BC, Canada. Um, we have the fund agreements in place. And um, we actually have two options for our donors for scholarships. Um, One is an annual award where they make the donations every year and can change their um, requirements for their scholarships annually. And then we also have, of course, our endowments. Um, Because of COVID, we actually switched to online um, evaluations, which has been fabulous. Our donors, uh, I think we only have one donor that still likes the paper copies, but the rest we send them... um, uh, a Dropbox link. So everything is uh, still confidential. They can review their um, applications online and then they have a two week window to provide it back. So um, we've actually been very thankful and we've actually had the best year in scholarships ever this year. Um, we're up almost $100,000 in scholarship funds this year. Um, and we had nine new scholarships. So it's been surprisingly a very good year and it's the second year of very good years. So, okay, so we definitely have fund agreements, uh, which is pretty standard, obviously. Um, and so I guess you could kind of say we have sample agreements um, that are provided to our scholarship or individuals who are interested in creating um, an endowed scholarship through our Mount Pleasant Erie Community Foundation. And so, really, um, we try to involve them as much as we can. And so um, here at the foundation, I oversee grants and scholarships, obviously. So we always invite them to participate in scholarship review. Uh, We have an event, um, it's been a little bit more difficult with COVID, but we used to have an in-person event. So it provided them the opportunity um, to meet the recipient. So really we were making that touch point for them. Um, And so really we, yeah, I feel like we're, we're doing pretty good with um, setting um, our donors' expectations, um, but obviously with the um, impact that COVID has had on our community, um, it's been a little bit more difficult to make those connections for our donors um, 
in in the recipient. Yeah, it's it's really interesting the impact that certainly the, the I mean obviously the pandemic has had an impact on students going to school and in including college and you know and and donor outreach as well and I think maybe it's been an opportunity for scholarship administrators to kind of herd some more people on into online systems and and get those efficiencies and hopefully keep them but I'm certainly would be curious to hear more about those those COVID changes and what you'd be keeping or why you wouldn't be keeping those changes. Does anybody else want to to talk about maybe you know how uh, evaluations you know have have changed or how or what you're doing with your evaluation committees and how you're setting those expectations uh, around around that activity? Hi there. I'm Haley Brazier. I'm at Central Carolina Community Foundation in Columbia, South Carolina. And um, we do offer, whenever we're in discussions with our donors, uh, we do offer them uh, if they'd like to uh, have one spot on our evaluation committee. Uh, we do offer that. And I learned, I'm new here, and I learned after talking to a new scholarship, uh, we kind of were very, you know, fast and loose about, you know, oh, yeah, y'all can have a couple people on. We're always recruiting people and all of that. And then they came back months later saying, oh, yes, we would like to add two people to the committee. Um, we would like this and this and this based on our conversation. And so I think your point about setting expectations is is a good one, because really what, what we try to do is um, we don't have a lot of donor involvement on the evaluation side, uh, but those who wish can. Um, but we really only want one person represent, representing that particular scholarship. Um, and then, because we have two people review, at least two people review each application. So we would want one person from the donor, but then someone else, because we don't want the donor to hand select uh, the individuals who are going to become the scholarship. So um, we had to have kind of a conversation about, about them um, have, having two people on. Only one of them would be reviewing those applications, and then the other would just be a general volunteer. So that was a lesson learned. <laughs> I imagine that during that all of you were going through a whole range of emotions because <laughs> we have all dealt with that, with the excessive donor control issue. So I, I have a, in my imagination what everybody's faces were doing throughout that. So thank you right. so much for share, sharing that because that is not a problem unique to you and your foundation. So it's, everybody what, deals with that. <laughs> what IRS regulations? There can't possibly. Mean? Okay, yeah. yeah. No, that's a really important point. Yeah. Thank Does you. Does anybody have any other ways that they're, helping donors to understand that aspect of it? Um, for our donors, we actually have part of our agreements that um, they can't discriminate based on gender ethnicity. Um, and so when they create their scholarship requirements, we actually go over it with them to analyze for that. They can make a preference towards say a female, but it's open to all candidates is how they do it, is how we word it. Um, and most of our, well, probably 90% of our donors, we haven't actually had any pushback on that. If anything, um, the breadth of our scholarships have been increasing and there's been a shift towards more trades scholarships, which is lovely. Um, and uh, we, um, I don't know if it hit the news there, but we had um, some significant flooding here in Abbotsford. Um, they're saying up to $3 billion worth of damage if all the dikes are over. 
um, our, oh, wow. one of our valleys was underwater for about three weeks. So um, we've had a lot of um, shifting because some of our schools were affected as well. And many of our donors were as well. So um, it's been uh, an intriguing year. So we've also, when we're communicating with donors, have to be aware of any changes in our economy and our community. Um, so it's been uh, definitely a, a shifting focus, but we've been lucky in that um, <clears throat> even despite all the, the tragedy and luckily no loss of life, um, that we've been able to uh, sort of come together as a community and uh, still be able to offer the scholarships and that hope for the students for in this hard times. Yeah, that's amazing to hear. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, all the best to you and your community. You know, we're, I'm starting to hear more about you know, how you're helping them formulate their applications specifically. Does anybody else have, you know, thoughts on this kind of menu of options or um, are you still letting donors um, have the application that they want, you know, either in SLM, you know, with, with UA, it would be a little bit trickier to do that, of course. Um, but how is that uh, evolving for you all? We actually have, I truly have enjoyed having the universal process available because I feel like it's been a nice way to just kind of take super customized application off the table with most of our donors. Um, so sharing with them what that looks like and then giving them the option to customize a few little pieces of it, like what the essay prompt would be, or if they want to have letters of recommendation, that kind of thing, but that the majority of the application is already predetermined by our process um, has helped streamline those conversations hugely from where we were before, where we started from scratch with everyone. And so every application was a little bit different. When I came to the foundation in 2015, my biggest first push right away was just to do away with that, even though we were still in paper format way back when. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, having the uh, UA available has really streamlined that conversation so that I don't even go there with donors anymore, you know, past the essay or past um, letters of recommendation. I don't even bring up that that might be a possibility just because we have this UA available and it's built and it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, I just echo, I think what Rachel just said, um, since this, this is our third year with the UA. And since then, we haven't even given people the option to have another application, which has been really nice. But now we're also realizing, kind of back to the previous conversation, um, how much all the options with criteria is making it the world's longest UA, or at least it feels that way. Um, it's like, it's, so now that everything's together in one, it can you can kind of really see how cumbersome it is in some ways that we are there are so many different options. Um, so that's kind of our next move is to then streamline. But yeah, donors for the most part have seemed fine with just, you get your special essay question and that's your place to you know have your customization. All right, so I'm gonna start talking about the student impact reporting um, as we see here. So we talked about, you know, how do we set expectations with donors? So now we wanna talk about the other side of how do we use what we gather from the students to help the donors to understand that their dollars are going towards a good cause and being used in an impactful way. Um, what really cool thing are you doing that we don't have listed here too? So I would love to hear kind of about unique ways that you're using the software because as we all know that we can use the software in a million different ways. So I'm excited to kind of hear about that. 
All right, I'm very interested um, to see, um, let's talk about that first one, the annual report. We're gonna have a battle of the annual reports amongst everybody since we are split. So who wants to take the pro and who wants to take the con? Just kidding, this is a loving space. Um, so anyone wanna share why they do or why they don't do annual reporting with scholarships if they find it impactful, don't find it impactful. So our approach with um, scholarships um, within our annual report, we don't do a massive impact report when it comes to our scholarships, but we do highlight those in our annual report. So we kind of take the middle ground here, um, but I still wanted to, to touch on that we do at least highlight um, the scholarship impact um, and you know obviously the students that um, we have the, the donor part of it the donor aspect and then also the recipient aspect of it um, reported in our annual report along with everything else that we do in our annual report so excellent thank you hi my name is Mia we have one school that we specifically work with that we host all of their scholarships for and then then we have ones just for the community so for our community ones we highlight each um, award winner and we put them in our newsletter for usually it's our fall newsletter um, and then of course we highlight them in we don't highlight them individually like with pictures and stuff in the annual report but all the names are listed and then we usually choose one scholarship to talk more about like talking about why the scholarship started and then um, highlight maybe one of the recipients from the past year and you know what they're doing in their career now or you know college and things like that. With our award recipients, um, because we have 425 awards, um, we're unable to do just list all of them. But what we do is when students submit their claim for their award, we actually request them to provide us a picture of them with their notification letter, and then we post it on our social media. And our, we've actually, and just like Instagram, Facebook, such like that, and our um, reach has, I think we had an extra 10,000 followers from it. Um, oh. And the kids love seeing themselves, kids, the students, um, <laughs> love seeing themselves um, on social media, highlighting what they do. The donors love it. Um, and then because our youth haven't been able to meet the donors in person, so we do offer donors a chance to um, actually present their awards. So because they haven't been able to, we offered it to the donors to provide either a short video or a note that we'd send off to the students. And so that way they had that chance of um, being able to sort of highlight and thank the students, which again, we've been finding is quite impactful. I love that. I Fantastic. absolutely love that. That falls under the cool new thing that we haven't even thought about. Cause I, it's, I see very commonly that we have the student to provide a thank you note, the student to provide the picture, which is really wonderful, but I haven't ever heard of anybody going the other way and also having the donor do that. That's really, really cool. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, anybody else using social media? Cause I mean, every, it, they are on it. <laughs> I don't understand half of it, but I'm, I'm there. I, I try give it the old college try. I tried Snapchat for about five seconds and it overwhelmed me and I never, never went back. Um, so is anybody else using social media for this kind of outreach, either to the donor or to the student or to highlight the student? So we actually, um, we do use social media. We um, only at the at our foundation we have facebook and instagram we don't have twitter we don't have tiktok we do not have snapchat all of 
we might have Snapchat. I'm not sure. We don't <laughs> use it in, in with scholarships, but um, regardless, um, we, we um, have realized that the students that we are trying to reach out to are not on Facebook. They're not more so they're on Instagram, but um, they're not really, you know, following us on Instagram and all that fun stuff. And so um, we have um, really started to target more so um, of the parents when it comes to our social media. However, we have been reaching out, like we utilize, we have a youth advisory committee here at the foundation. And so we actually, um, I've asked them multiple times, okay, what do you guys use for social media if you don't use Facebook? Um, and right now, the biggest thing is TikTok um, or Instagram. And so at least um, we have one of those two channels covered. Um, but I am curious to know if there's anyone, is there any other like software that we should at least look at? <laughs> I just feel like it's always constantly changing. And um, <laughs> Yeah, I just want, I, me being me, I just want like something stable that we can keep using for the next 10 years. But I know that's not, it's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think that's great. It, it is constantly changing. Um, I also have never been on TikTok. I'm sure I can get my six-year-old niece to show me how to use it. Um, I actually had a question to see uh, what everyone was doing around thank you notes uh, from the students to the donors. Um, I'm like I said, I'm new at our foundation, but I've heard stories that it's just a very cumbersome project every year um, that I think our interns typically do, but um, I wanted to probably take a big role in that. And we're new to SLM as well. So I wanted to kind of get an idea of what's the, what are some of the ways that people have taken um, the we'll ask in the follow-up question, basically write your thank you note, provide a picture is what we do. So what's the best way to get that from SLM to, uh, to the donor? Um, so what we actually do, um, we are, we have a pretty small community foundation here. Um, so we actually have our, the past two years, it's been an optional, um, for the thank you notes, but we did require like one or the other. So they either had to do a thank you note or a thank you video. Um, so with our thank you notes, we had the students, they had to, um, in the past, they had to fill out a scholarship payment form and they had to mail that back to us. So with that, we always received the thank you notes. And what we would then do is we would mail it to our donor. Um, and so, yes, it's cumbersome on us, but our donors loved that piece um, from us, which is we're, we're going to be bringing it back again um, this year. Um, but it's a little cumbersome, but we do have the thank you notes being delivered here to the foundation. And then we then, um, you know, we put it in an envelope, we stamp it, and then we send it on. Um, we also do, um, I don't know if this is something, because I know you mentioned you're newer, um, we do review the thank you note just because sometimes they could, you know, misspell. Maybe it's a memorial scholarship and they've misspelled the name or um, just we do review it. Um, we don't make any changes, but if it's absolutely no, we cannot send it, we will contact the student and let them know um, and just ask them to resubmit something. But um, we do, it's a cumbersome. I will absolutely say that, but <laughs> it's something that our donors love. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're um, obviously keeping um, them happy along with our recipients. So, you know, when I started at the foundation, 
12-ish years ago, um, we did all the handwritten thank you notes as well and the, you know, passing them along to the donors. We had it baked into the agreement that they had to send a thank you note, knowing that, you know, we'll see what we get and that kind of thing. So it is impactful yet cumbersome. So, <laughs> so thank you for sharing. Um, I think I see we've got, I think a couple more raised hands. So let's kind of go down the list and keep sharing. This is great. I was going to share, we actually, this is one of our COVID changes that we made, um, not specifically related to thank yous because we don't push that. Um, if we get them, we will forward them along, but we make, you know, 500 awards every year. So that would just be super cumbersome to us to have to do if we required it from everyone. But what we have done um, related to COVID is ask the students to upload um, a headshot and also a brief blurb about their career and academic goals. And from there, we actually created like a little one sheet insert thing um, for each scholarship fund so that each scholarship fund holder receives not only our scholarship brochure that lists all of the awards, but then also receives headshots and um, personalized information about each of their recipients. Um, and that was in place of our annual reception where we um, host folks for a couple of years, obviously due to COVID, but we have determined that we're gonna continue making this piece and sending it every year because it was so well received by the donors. They loved receiving the headshots specifically from the kids. Absolutely, that's really neat. I like that, I think that's a great idea. And yeah, pictures just tend to make it a little bit more personal. Thank you notes are fantastic, but to, and the information about the student is fantastic, but including the picture really, it's, I mean, we could see the, the face of what, of the, you know, student that we're impacting. So that's really neat. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, all right, let's go on to the next raised hand. So I'm new. I just started in August um, as the program coordinator. So scholarships and grants, and we've always required handwritten thank yous. And we're going to continue doing that because quality of the message is a little bit better. Um, just in conversations with the kids, even the quality of what they handwrite, because they put some time into thinking about it versus that email that they send. Um, but I did make the follow-up. So the follow-up for their thank you note is just that they complete the thank you note and send it to us by a date earlier than when their um, first their first semester bill and things are due to us. So that, hey, make sure you get that in the mail so that I can have that checked off before we'll send your check. Um, our donors really, really like having that thank you note. And I do think that's important, especially for some of these kids that end up getting quite a bit of money. Like that thank you note is just really important. Is anybody having them handwrite a thank you note and upload it to the follow-up and using the system in that way? instead of the, because I know we've talked about it's very cumbersome and I mean, it's not that it, it can't easily be shared and you still have to print it out, um, but. Hi, thank you. Um, I'm Jocelyn Rowe. I work at the Quad Cities Community Foundation. Um, my role is donor engagement and stewardship. And I, I just wanted to share with you that um, one of the ways that we make sure thank yous are written is that when students log into SLM to confirm their, where their payments are going to their school, there's a required field that um, is, a, is there for thank yous. They cannot um, exit out of that without writing a thank you. Um, and Lauren, uh, related to your question about handwritten thank you notes, I would just share that my experience is um, that's great information to export with the uh, ability to edit it, partly because some of our students receive multiple awards, so they might be thanking the wrong donor, um, and partly because 
um, for the donor's good feelings, I go through and correct typos and um, capitalize sentences and stuff like that. I don't change the content of the student's message, but I am careful to make sure that the donor is like, you know, some of our, some of our donors are pretty old school and um, that feeling of how did this kid even get into college? Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was something that I heard some feedback on. And so, um, so I do make that change. So the way that we do that then in, in terms of engaging the donor with the student's information, when the students are awarded, we send, um, very similar to another speaker a few minutes ago, um, we send their essay and a photo. We make oh, sure yeah. that the donors and the scholars have the story of either the, the scholar's background or the background for why the fund was founded. And then at back to school time, when those students do log in to get that school information in and they fill out our required thank you field, that gives me an opportunity for a second touch. So I say, okay, it's back to school, it's August, your, your scholar is leaving home and going off on their journey. Here is a thank you note from them. And once again, here's that photo. Um, they are fridge worthy, which is like my favorite thing. Um, so the, the donors really appreciate those. And SLM makes that really, really easy for me to achieve those touches. Um, without having to be an expert in that product because I am not on the grant making team. So I'm definitely not an expert. <laughs> that's Thanks great. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. That's really great information. I like that a lot. And I love the fridge worthy picture. That just, that makes me happy. <laughs> um, so I just saw in the chat that somebody also kind of uses, utilizes the same process, but we send out an award letter in June and ask the student to send back a thank you note to the donor and do that kind of cumbersome process that everybody talks about. It's a little bit of a slower time for us in the summer. So um, it allows us to kind of take the time to make that personal touch with the donor or committee member, whomever. Um, And then at follow-up time, which is typically for us at the end of December, beginning of January, um, we ask them in their follow-up form to submit a thank you if they haven't done so already or share a success story of their first year or their first semester in college. Um, And then at that time, they can also upload a photo and they give us permission to share um, within our social media as well at that time. So I have utilized reporting to export that information out of the follow-up form and um, also then kind of make it into a Word document kind of template and send it um, off to the donor as well kind of feel like more touches the better so that those are all such good ideas I love all of that um, and I saw like a few like kind of kind of like keep an eye on the chat too so lots of photos a few videos so which I feel like I would want to gather for my own entertainment because those have got to be so much fun to watch from applicants like I would absolutely could be fun could be a little disastrous sometimes <laughs> as you know talking about um you know, the grammar and sometimes that you're fixing. So it'd be interesting with the videos. Is anybody doing anything with videos or doing a lot more videos? Um, so we've seen, you know, they take a lot of space, so maybe not an upload, but asking them to, to put it on YouTube or something like that and share, do a URL question on question type on the follow-up form. Is any, how, let's, who's doing videos? Let's talk about that. Mostly just, I just want to see all your videos. <laughs> I feel like some of my my recipients were pretty hilarious and it would have been funny to get capture that in video form 
Um, yeah, so we, the past two years, um, I think I've already mentioned it, we do, we've been um, asking the students to upload a thank you video. So they do this, they send it to me. Um, and so it can kind of be a, a long process, but um, we, we love it because we can highlight them on our social media, but also um, we have, you know, we have a pretty small handful of scholarship fund founders, sorry, um, that um, are not on like, I think we have maybe eight and the rest of them are all like we have emails for them or something. So what we would do is we would just shoot these um, videos over to the donors um, to let them know like, hey, like here's, you know, a really a great thank you. The videos, some of them are absolutely hilarious. Like <laughs> we had one student who ended up going to Harvard and she submitted the wrong video in just the it was it was fantastic so it definitely made for a pretty good um laughable moment here at the foundation that day but um yeah so it, it's um you know with something that we're still going to offer um is the videos they do take up some space um but we just have them sent to us um and then we will upload them last year we did upload them i believe to our YouTube channel. And so we kind of just had like a, a playlist um, that we were able to use. <laughs> and so um, for our virtual celebration that we ended up having. So um, it was it, it we were, the thank you videos were great because we could use them in multiple different aspects. So yeah, cool. I like that you use them during your virtual like your virtual event. That's a really great idea. That's super neat. And I mean, I had students upload their homework instead of their transcripts, so I can only imagine getting the wrong video would be even more hilarious. Um, and you could even like on the form ask them if they want to upload a video and use some branching for that. And if they say yes, use that URL. So you're not taking up space. They're just providing the link to the video that they created on YouTube, something like that. Um, something to think about with all this um, conversation. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, no, no I just wanted because I, I remembered we do provide prompts for them. So if that is something that you're looking at doing, um, I mean, we had a follow up um, that was created in the SLM um, where it just like explained like what we were looking for with the videos. So if you are anyone on this um, call ever thinking of doing videos, 100% make sure you provide prompts because they're not going to know what to talk about. Um, and we also like ask them to keep it, you know, quick. Um, don't go over, you know, like a minute was really what um, we were looking for, mainly because um, we just wanted to make sure that they didn't just go off on a tangent. Um, but most of the kids did pretty good um, with the prompts. And so if you are thinking of doing it 100%, make sure you have just some talking points or um, things that one thing we learned the first year, don't tell them what not to say, because nine times out of 10, they're going to say what you tell them not to say. <laughs> so um, sure. just like give them prompts on what they can say. Very good advice. I know if somebody asked me to do a video, it would be awkward and too long if if I was not provided with any prompts because I just will keep talking as I'm sure you guys has you guys have picked up on today. So um, excellent. So this has been a really incredible conversation, especially around the follow-ups and, and the the pictures and the thank you notes would be really awesome. Encompass 
definitely encourage you to continue this conversation or share like Jamie, if you'd be open to sharing those prompts, things like that, um, that would be awesome. Cause I think a lot of our clients um, and a lot of the scholarship providers could really benefit from this conversation to those who are able to join us today. Thank you so much for sharing. Really appreciate everybody being open and helping us with this discussion and sharing because scholarship providers, sometimes we don't get to talk to each other very often, especially in these pandemic times. So this has been fantastic. I appreciate your time. I appreciate all of your insights and I hope you all have a wonderful day. Bye everybody. Everyone take care. And that was our discussion. New episodes of Connected Philanthropy release every other Monday. So be sure to subscribe if you'd like to hear more conversations like this. Join with other members of the philanthropic community at community.founded.com. From all of us here at Founded, thank you for connecting.